This is the Ezra Podcast. And we have a star in Bellator. It's AJ McKee. We have a, in a long time, we have, the, you know, it's been a while since we had a big star, probably since Nick Diaz to Fedor, since we had a big star that wasn't in the UFC that fights MMA. It's been a while, but we have one. And it's AJ McKee. As soon as he walked out, you had the feeling that he was going to win last night. You had the feeling that, you know, this was his moment. You had a feeling that it was all coming together perfectly for him. And it, he did it in a way that I, you know, I, you seem, if you listened to the podcast before, the way I broke it down, I did not think this was possible. I didn't think he was going to win a stand-up fight. You know what I mean? I didn't think that he would be the more effective on the stand-up, that he was going to land a shot, you know, in a technical stand-up fight, you know, where he sets it up, where he's fighting at a range, and it's not like a bum rush. It's not, uh, you know, like a coming out wild with a flying knee or like a jumping kick. He didn't, he didn't come out anything like that. He fought technical. And he threw threw a fake left, got Pitbull to reach for it, and then came up with a high kick. And he was out on his feet from that point. And he lands a submission. And I just think his submissions, I think he catches people on surprise with these submissions. I really do. Because he puts a lot of people to sleep. Or people just go from being safe to tapping out immediately. And he's so damn tactical. Like I think he's the best submission guy right now in, in MMA. I'm going to go with AJ McKee. I think he's the best submission guy in MMA. I'm not saying a lot. That's it's a real bold statement. I'm sure people have a lot will have a lot of you know. It's open for a debate, but to me, it's AJ McKee just because he's landing things quick, and the things he's landing are he's landing these submissions very easily on very tough guys, on very skilled guys, on very experienced guys. And with the Pitbull, you know, he lands a guillotine, but Pitbull's mostly out on his feet. But still, like the seamless transition of where he sees these submissions and when they're possible, that's still very impressive. There's not a fighter in the UFC, in Bellator, in any promotion that should be a favorite over him. I think everything at least should be a 50-50 fight. And I he, I think he's getting better. Like, in the point, like, when I came into this fight, I was thinking, I, I thought maybe he would get the rub in this fight and wouldn't get the win, but get the rub. I think he won, and I don't think he's at his best yet. I still think the stand-up could get better. I think he could get more tactical. I think he could get more balanced. I still think he gets wild. I think still think he gets out of control. I don't think we're seeing a finished product here with AJ McKee. And that's the scary thing. Then that's the beautiful thing. And that's the exciting thing to watch with him. And it's a competitive weight class. Like Bellator, it's not like he beats um, Pitbull and there's not no one else to fight. There's a lot of people out there to fight. And he's going to have good opponents. And he's going to, and there should be, an, it should be an event every time he fights. Now, I don't know if they'll keep it in LA, which is, you know, his hometown. But I mean, I'd be for it. I think the crowd showed that he has a crowd here. He has a following here. He has the ability to sell out here. And I, I'm curious about him going forward, how they match him. I think it's Adam Borix next. I think that makes the most, most sense. And I think that we wait to see if, you know, Aaron Pico could get to, you know, solidify what people think he was at one point. I know they train together. I know they're friends. But in fighting, unless you're brothers, actual blood brothers, they usually fight. You know, what I mean, those that, that fights there usually happens. I imagine the same thing here, especially if it's a big enough payday. And with Aaron Pico, it could be a big enough payday with him and AJ McKee, and that'd be a mega fight if Aaron Pico could get you know two more big wins against legit opponents. Because I, it, you know, he's gotten wins. And I think to me they're questionable whether they're you know against the top of the top, but he's, I looked at the Belter rankings last, he was number five. So he's right there. He's got to fight a legit guy now, maybe two guys. And then he could, you know, start building up the AJ McKee fight. But AJ McKee's damn good. And he's damn scary. And he's 
a highlight reel. And his fights could be fit on a TikTok. Because it's short, he comes out, it's like, you, know, you don't know what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get something entertaining. And now you kind of want to see him fight. Maybe someone that could test him. You want to see, you know, what 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 a few rounds look like. What um, what's the stand-up going to look like now? What's you know that they, they, they did a beautiful thing, like they did a smart thing with saying like they'll fight any promotions, one forty-five or with him, right? And that's how confident they feel in him. And they know like UFC is not going to do that, right? And they know that maybe the other promotions would, but they're not big enough names to you know really draw demand that attention to it. But it's smart because then people start talking like, well, where's AJ McKee versus the UFC guys? And like I said, it's 50-50. And he just looks calm. He looks so confident. He looks controlled. And he ran through Patricio Pitbull to me, who was debatably the best 145er, even if you're including UFC guys. He may be the best 155er, even if, even if you're including UFC guys. And he ran through him. And that doesn't mean that, oh, Pitbull was a fake. It doesn't mean that. It just means that AJ McKee, AJ McKee might be that good. And Pitbull still might be the best guys compared to the UFC guys. He still might be the best 155er. And I imagine the Pitbull probably goes back, defends his title one, one more time, right, at 155, probably gives it up for his brother. And I imagine AJ McKee soon follows to fight the brother at 155. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Pitbull and McKee again. But I think we're in the McKee era for Bellator. And so it's a huge step. Now, is Bellator going to be able to compete with UFC every event now? No, they don't have that kind of talent pool. Not yet. They have... They have good fighters on their card. I, I watched um, Bernal. I watched Islam uh, Mamadev, Goti Yamauchi. Like those are these are good fighters. These are fighters coming up. The skills getting up there. When you're watching it, it doesn't feel like you're watching a minor league. At least last night I did it. Now sometimes you watch the cards. You know what I mean? There, there's holes and gaps into it, but they're building something. It's going in the right direction to where it looks to on the level UFC. And last night's event looked on the level UFC. And they might have a fighter that's. Better than all the guys on the UFC at that weight class. And if he goes lightweight, you know, he wins that title too. He might be the best lightweight in the world. This is the interesting part in MMA to watch if people, if Belter can bring in the audience now. And they're going to go and give MVP finally that rematch. You know, see if maybe he can, you know, win at that level because he's been entertaining, but hasn't been able to win at that level. And they need a, they need a few stars come out, and they got, um, you know, they got a few guys coming up that make it interesting. And I think that Aaron Pico McKee fight is something to watch out for. On the UFC side, there was a UFC fight last night. Now people are saying it wasn't the best card, but you know, the UFC always says, you know, well, it was entertaining. You can't say it wasn't entertaining. Yes, it was entertaining. Now I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't disagree that it's entertaining. I still think you need star power. I don't. Th- I think the UFC doubts that you need star power. I think you need name credibility. You know what I mean? I think people tune in to watch people that they know and the story of and they know and they recognize. And UFC, I think they're kind of going against that. They're just saying that people are going to watch no matter what. I don't know what the numbers were for last night, but we'll see. But they did have Sean Strickland fight Uriah Hall, and I thought that was an interesting matchup. Now, Sean Strickland, I'm not extremely high on him. I see guys talk about him like if he's, you know, the next big thing. I don't I don't think that of him, but I did I was surprised at how they won this fight as well. I was way off on my fight picks, by the way. I don't think I, I didn't hit one fight that I talked about in my last podcast. And that, that's gonna happen, but the I, I did understand and kind of explained it what could possibly happen. Um in some of them, but the two MMA fights, I didn't see it like this. I did not see this happening. And Sean Strickland won 
a slow-paced boxing fight where he wasn't exactly moving forward in the fight. They kind of just stood in the middle of the ring and picked shots at each other, and John Strickland just was just more confident in what he was doing than Uriah Hall was. And Uriah Hall, you know, it's funny because you, you watch the guy, and he looks like a devastating stand-up guy. But then you realize, like, his punches are really, he can't create, he can't create the body. See, the, the punches, people think, like, you punch, you hit a bag, right? If you're hitting a bag, you get shots off. But when the target starts moving, right, and it may be just a few inches, maybe feet or inches, right, start moving, it changes the whole way of you were setting up or finding that shot. And you're right how couldn't not find the shots, couldn't find the range, didn't stay consistent with the jab. And he just got out jabbed himself. And Strickland, all he did was just create a little space for his upper body to move back and it just eliminated Uriah Hall's whole offense. And then Uriah Hall refused to throw a kick and just said, I'm not going to throw kicks this fight. And mentally fell apart, physically couldn't do much, and was getting just getting tagged up in like a, in, in a, just a boxing, he just turned into a boxing fight. And I thought if Uriah Hall could at least get his jab going, he would eventually land a big right hand. He couldn't. And Sean Strickland just, at, you know, he showed a little more something to his game than maybe I thought he had. Um, I still don't, not, super high on him but i think that he can definitely maybe work his way up to a title shot especially in middleweight i think it, that's definitely a possibility it's gonna be tough i think he has gonna face the winner brunson till next and i think that winner will go to the title so he's close and till's you know i expect till to beat brunson but till's a one-punch guy so he's close I, I i wouldn't be surprised he fights for a title now i think izzy would tear him apart but i wouldn't be surprised and Uriah Hall is what I thought he was. He was a guy with a questionable win streak that kind of was just here because he survived. He didn't. He won more than he lost, and it kind of just, at the right point, moved up in the rankings because everybody's losing to Izzy Adesanya. You go to the boxing guard, massive upset, Zukan versus Laywood, and Laywood. Well, first of all, Ben Davison. You know people. Say that Ben Davidson's a joke. He's a boxer size. You know what I mean? They don't give him any credit. Ben Davidson's on a hell of a run here. And every time he starts training a fighter, they get better. And Lakewood look better than any performance I've seen before. And Zucan looked worse than any performance I've seen before. Now, was it Zucan because like, off a layoff, right? That he couldn't get in rhythm? They usually couldn't. Maybe. Possibly, right? That I would say. But that doesn't matter. You know, the fight's accepted. Can you bring out the performance you need to get the win? Laywood could. And Laywood. I thought was gonna have to was just, I thought Zucan was gonna be too much pressure for Laywood and he was not gonna be able to hold him off. He wasn't gonna be able to work enough to get the win. But you know what? He controlled the pace. The pace was perfect for him. He controlled the distance. Zucan was just you know in his peekaboo guard, but he was just getting big shots. And even if he was blocking some of the shots, because I seen the guy uh, people scoring it and they were like big up for Laywood. I thought the fight was closer. I had it a draw going into the last round. I had, actually no, I had Laywood up around going into the last round before the stoppage. Um... And I think that it's just, I think it's just, you know, what's your logic when you're looking at these fights? Now, Zucan has a closed guard in front of his face. Now, if he's blocking the shots, right, he has a guard and you're punching it. Now, I know, understand, Laywood's going to get a lot of credit for that because the guy's just standing there like a punching bag and you're hitting him, right? And the crowd's going crazy for it. And the crowd's for him, right? So when he does that, it looks like, oh, wow. But I'm thinking like, well, the guy's shields up. Does he not get any credit for blocking it? See, this is the, the thing I'm talking about. And I'm not saying the Zucan's defense was as good as Mayweather, but a lot of guys punched at Mayweather and they hit his arms and they didn't get credit for it. So why do you get credit if he's blocking two gloves there and you're hitting his gloves? But yeah, it's dead on, but you're still hitting his gloves. You get credit for that? This is the part that confuses me. 
Now, I think this fight was a lot closer than people had it because I thought Zukian got to work a lot of late rounds, a lot of late rounds because Laywood kind of at points would take breaks and Laywood's done that for his whole career. That's why he fights. He fights in spurts. He picks his shots one shot at a time. And when Zucan would work at that. So I thought it was close, right? But I thought Laywood was fighting excellent. His power was definitely meaning more than Zucan's power. Because I don't think Zucan has any pop to him. And Laywood's definitely getting finding his power more. And is definitely putting more into his shots than ever. And it finally broke. He, he was sneaking shots into the guard. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying that the does Zucan, because he takes it bruntly on his gloves, does that count as a punch? I, I don't think so. I think you have to give credit for him blocking it as well. You can't just count everything. You know what I mean? He's, yes, he's taking on the arms, but he's taking on the arms. But Laywood, you know, Zucan couldn't find the the part where Laywood would open up. Zucan couldn't have an answer for it. And it was just really, you know, he would block shots, but some would sneak in. And when they finally started sneaking up and started counting, Zucan started breaking. And in the last round, he finally broke. The dam broke. He blocked enough. He, he, wasn't, the, he wasn't blocked as much as he was earlier, and Laywood got the stoppage. And a huge win. Puts him in a beautiful spot, especially with Warrington and Lara going at it. And especially with, you know, Matchroom having to deal with Canelo's promotion, who I'm sure uh, I, I think works with Lara. So they can set up, you know, whoever wins that fight, nonetheless, go to Mexico, go to England. Laywood should have an off, uh, should have that opportunity. But maybe he gets Zucan again. And... I understand you were saying, like, well, why? You got the stoppage. But I think it was a more competitive fight than people think at home. I think so. And I think sometimes when an underdog is doing good, I think that you give them way more credit than if it were just two good guys and you were just judging it fairly. I think if the underdog's doing better, then you start giving them rounds because you're like, look, I didn't expect this. But I think if in a rematch, this could be a more competitive fight. And it was pretty competitive already. But I think Zucan could fight better. I could see this looking different in a rematch. And if Zucan has on his contract, I'm not against that. And I don't think Laywood should be against it. He should be feel confident. It's another payday for him. And he'll get he's definitely gonna get another opportunity against one of these top guys because Dazone has him under, you know, under payroll. He has they have him under the promotion. They can all it can all make sense. So I'm okay with the rematch on this fight. I think Laywood fought very good. Ben Davidson, hell of a trainer, and I think Zucan could fight better. I'm okay with the rematch. And then we go to Michael Coffey versus Johnny Rice. And I had Michael Coffey, like, I, my bets this week, terrible, horrible, horrible. It set me back, huge, with my my fake money real bets. And Michael Coffey, I thought, was a sure thing. And I had seen Johnny Rice before, and I know that Johnny Rice is okay with losing. And I know that Michael Coffey is very confident, and he's a little bit more dynamic. He's definitely more dynamic uh, offensively than Johnny Rice. But the one thing I did say, the, my counter, if I always usually put a counter, right? If I see there's a counter, a way a guy can win. The one thing I said about Johnny Rice and the Michael Coffey is that Michael Coffey's feet are slow as molasses. He's stuck to the ground. And Johnny Rice is long and he can move. And Michael Coffey stays in range and he stays in the same spot. And if Johnny Rice could just let go of his right hand, it might be target practice for him against Michael Coffey. And that's what it was. It was target practice. And it was, got to a point around the second round to where I thought even if Michael Coffey were somehow to win this fight, his stock is completely crashed. It just did. It win or lose. That's how he looked in that fight. Now, Johnny Rice pulls out the biggest win of his career on Fox. Should set him up some good opportunity, cause especially because PBC has some good heavyweights. And I expect I would think Charles Martin would make a lot of sense for him. And I think Michael Coffey, you know, it really set him back. 
especially because the what you know Fox was giving him was that main event, and you know the late replacement of Johnny Rice. Yes, that hurts, but I think it was more just what Michael Coffey lacks in his footwork. He couldn't read that right hand, and I understand that. You know, I wasn't training for that, but I don't know what you can train for to make it better. That Johnny Rice could keep the distance, and you can't make up that distance with your feet. That's that's a hard one. So I think the stocks completely crashed on Michael Coffey. I think Johnny Rice is going to earn himself a decent fight. I don't expect him to beat a guy like Charles Martin. I think anyone a notch above uh, Michael Coffey is going to win. But this was a nice win for him. It's going to set him up with a decent payday. And that's always good to see. I did want to talk about Vito Malecki, who didn't fight uh, the fight he was supposed to fight because the guy didn't make weight. That guy fought Joey Spencer. Joey Spencer beat him pretty handily at 154. And Malecki came back and looked in completely different shape than he did his last fight. He looked trim. He looked ready to go. He looked sharp in the fight. And I think Malecki, to me, over like Joey Spencer, I'll take Malecki. I think Malecki can actually be something if he takes a, if he's taking it serious. He's super young. I think they matched him too too strong, too fast. I think they need to bring him back a little bit. And I understand the TV time for him, but you know that puts a little pressure. Sometimes the fame beats, you know, the fame's going faster than what is actually the level he is. And I think that's what happened when he lost his first fight. Now, I think if they would have fought yesterday, I think he would have won that fight. I think he looked super sharp. He looked ready to go. But because he's a kid and there might there's gonna be some inconsistent performances until he gets, you know, a little older and a little more sure of himself. But I really like him. I'm really buying that Vito stock. I think he looked damn good and he his timing looked better. He just looked sharper. He looked all around sharper in this fight. I don't usually do like the news and notes, but I did want to talk about the Jake Paul card because now the Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley is not a for sure thing. I think that's a tough fight for him. I think that he could win it, yes, but I think it's a tough fight. But it looks like he already decided his next opponent, and it's going to be Tyson Fury's little brother. And Tyson Fury's little brother is going to fight in the undercard. He's already signed for a two-fight deal with the next fight expecting to be Jake Paul. Daniel Dubois also signed to be on Jake Paul's undercard. And now you got a really stacked card that Jake Paul seems to be putting together himself. Seems to have a lot of hand in because he wants to be recognized and acknowledged by real boxing fans. He wants to build that crowd, that audience consistently to come to watch his fights, to buy his fights. And I just think it's a genius move. And I think that him fighting Tyson Fury... I think it makes a lot of sense because I think if he beats Woodley, I think the MMA shines off. Unless it's like a Nate Diaz and a Conor McGregor, and I don't see that happening right now. So they're gonna, people want to see him fight a legit boxer. And Tyson Fury's little brother has the name because he has a Fury name. And he is a legit fighter. Whether you know he's fought in bums or whatever, he's, fought, he's fighting a legit fighter. He fought, he's a legit boxer with legit skill. And if Jake Paul could beat him. You got to kind of start looking at him like a prospect. You got to start looking at him as a real boxing prospect. I think that the, honestly, the Fury's little brother is going to be too much for him. But I think, you know, Jake Paul's getting better too. So we're going to see where he's at at this point. I told you, I question whether how good Jake Paul really is. But he keeps performing. And it's at a lower level, like I said, against guys that don't really box. But Tyron Woodley has some skill. And he's, to me, better than like, just, you know, a taxi cab driver. He's not going to be a taxi cab driver in there. He's going to be a guy that can, has some comfort with the hands. Has a little, you know, not going to panic in there too much. You know what I mean? He's he's comfortable slinging, slinging some shots. And Jake Paul gets through him like nothing. Then that, that Tyson Fury fight gets a little bigger. Tyson Fury's little brother. I don't know what his first name is. 
But this guy, there's going to be star power in that fight. Tyson Fury's little brother, I don't know if you've seen him, Google him, whatever. He can fight. He's got the, you know, he's got the look about it. He's got the name. He, he, he's got things to sell a fight. And Jake Paul's got, the, of course, the name and everything to sell a fight. That's going to be pretty damn interesting if that if we get to that. Jake Paul's moving correctly. The, the way they're bringing him up, the way he's managing it, all this is correct. This is the right way to do it, and that's the right logical next fight. And that is a damn good card on a Sunday. This was good fight weekend, interesting fight weekend. Bellator making moves, DAZN making moves, Matchroom making moves. PBC losing a heavyweight, but maybe gaining another. And UFC... You know, figuring out the midway division, creating an opponent for Israel Adesanya, who seems unbeatable right now at that weight. It was a good fight weekend. I, I enjoyed it. It's, you know, you get those f- long fight cards, your eyes hurt after, but I enjoyed it the whole way. Thanks for listening. This has been the Ezra Podcast. <laughs>